At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, July 31st edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Glad to be with you as we kick off a new week here on the show. It is College Football Guide Week over at vsin.com. Make sure you subscribe right now so that you can get Thursday's 2023 College Football Betting Guide. Very happy about that publication. We're going through and editing the final proofs now to have that ready for release on Thursday. Team previews of all 133 teams, bunch of different feature articles, best bets on season win totals, futures, and props from our writers and our on-air personalities. 195 pages in that guide, at least as of now. We'll see if we can cut that down at all. But 195 pages to get you ready for the college football season, which kicks off on August 26th. So the guide on August 3rd will get you ready for the 2023 season. Head over to vcin.com slash subscribe to check out the offers that we've got. And speaking of offers, I'm sure a lot of you are considering making the switch to YouTube TV so you can get NFL Sunday ticket. Well, if you get YouTube TV, get the Sports Plus package because VSIN can be seen 24-7 as part of that package on YouTube TV. So check out VSIN, the sports betting network, with that Sports Plus package on YouTube TV. All right, a few housekeeping things to talk about and then a couple of other things to kind of discuss here on today's show, along with the college football guide and that announcement about being able to watch VSIN. I want to let you know what's going on with the MLB article for this week. So tomorrow is the trade deadline, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Deals will trickle in little by little after that as well. So with that in mind, not doing the Best Bets article or the Daily Baseball Bets podcast in its traditional format tomorrow, I will be updating the trade deadline live blog as everything starts rolling in and then do a trade deadline recap podcast that will probably be out, I would guess, 7, 7.30 Eastern time, something like that. I want to make sure we get through the deadline, get through those deals that kind of trickle in. Some of them may trickle in as I'm recording the show, but look, I just think Tuesday is a very difficult day to bet on baseball. You've got players and teams in different emotional states. So I just think it's really hard. So I think it's better to just take a look at the trade deadline, talk about the deals, how they will impact the specific teams, take a look at the futures market, stuff like that. 
So I'll try to cover as much ground as I can with that trade deadline recap. It'll give you something to listen to Wednesday morning as the article and the podcast return back to their usual forms. So I will discuss, you know, things that I normally do with the best bets and all that once again on Wednesday. But for Tuesday, just doing the trade deadline recap podcast that, again, will probably hit your feed 7.30 or so Eastern time, I would think. Maybe it's something that you end up listening to on Wednesday morning, whatever the case may be. But I think that's the best way to handle the trade deadline as there are a lot of moving parts. Starters will get scratched, stuff like that, all those kinds of things. Lineups will look different as guys get pulled. So to me, I think it's just the better and more responsible way of doing it. Now, some people would argue that, you know, the uncertainty and the variance of a day like that is something you can attack. You know, you can look to fade teams that maybe will be taking guys out of the lineup, will be losing pitchers out of the bullpen, stuff like that. Sure, that's a possibility. But to me, I think in looking at this kind of a little bit more pragmatically in terms of every day is a gamble in baseball anyway, but I think tomorrow has a little bit more gamble with all of those trades taking place. So just to reiterate and make this clear, no best bets article on Tuesday. We'll be working on the trade deadline live blog, which is free for all over at vcin.com. And the podcast will not be released in its usual format. Will be a trade deadline recap hitting your feed Tuesday evening. You may check it out Wednesday morning, whatever the case may be. And then Wednesday, back to business as usual with the article and the podcast. So just to clear all that up, hopefully no confusion with that. All right, so let's take a look at the Monday card here. And there is a development that I want to talk about, and I will talk about it in the context of looking at today's games. But we start with the Phillies and the Marlins. Taiwan Walker, Edward Cabrera in this one. Walker, since June 6, 243 ERA, 321 FIP for the full season, 406 ERA, 432 FIP. However, if we look at his last four starts here, he's given up 13 walks. So Walker, a guy that had a bit of a mechanics overhaul early in the month of June, wound up being in a situation where you know they added a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more fluidity to his delivery, wound up being pretty good in that span. Now it looks like his control kind of on the fritz a little bit. So a guy that right now I'm taking a wait and see approach with also hasn't thrown his splitter as much lately. That was a really big pitch for him in June, not throwing it here as much in July. So not enamored with Taiwan Walker and some of the developments that are going on with him. On the flip side, Edward Cabrera, a couple of starts since spending over a month on the injured list, hasn't pitched well. Four runs on six hits with six strikeouts and five walks in seven innings. Only got six outs in his last appearance against the Rays. Needed 53 pitches to do that. He's not throwing many pitches in the strike zone right now. So just not a trustworthy guy to back either. The Marlins are getting Jazz Chisholm Jr. back tonight from the injured list. We saw the line move a little bit as a result of that. So see a little bit of interest in the Marlins. I don't have any interest in this game with Walker and Cabrera on the bump. We move to the Brewers and the Nationals. Corbin Burns, Jake Irvin in this one. Burns and the Brewers, minus 205, minus 200 favorite out there. So total of eight and a half in this one. Brewers, 10 and three against the Reds this season, but just 47 and 46 against everybody else. They just got swept by the Braves over the weekend, but Burns has been outstanding after the All-Star break. 20 innings pitched, two runs on seven hits, 29 strikeouts against four walks. 
gave up both of those runs in his last start against the Reds, which the Brewers did lose, even though Burns pitched well in that one. 21.1% hard hit percentage, zero barrels allowed for Burns in these three starts. Swing strike percentage around 15%. The thing that was weird, though, about his last start is that the curveball was the separator for him. Didn't throw it as much against the Reds in that start, so he didn't get as many chases outside of the zone. Let's see what he does here against Washington if he ramps up the usage of that curveball once again to try and generate some swings and misses from a Washington lineup that is really good at strikeout avoidance and has been throughout the course of the season. But the Brewers, again, laying a big number here because you've got Irvin, 496 ERA, 507 expected, 548 FIP. 11 runs on 17 hits and 15 and two-thirds since the break. He has struck out 19, but the command on the fritz here for Irvin, 529 ERA, 616 FIP over his last six starts. Nothing here in this one, but again, I think a lot of people may kind of line up on Burns and the strikeout props here. Be careful with that because Washington doesn't strike out a lot, and if Burns doesn't use the curveball, that was kind of the issue in the first half of the season where his strikeout rate was down quite a bit. Got a play in the Reds and the Cubs, so we'll jump over that one to the Padres and the Rockies. Seth Lugo, Austin Gomber in this one. Padres laying $2 or more across most of the market, total of 11.5 in that one. So the Rockies, you know, they're sellers, again, as they usually are. They traded C.J. Crone and Randall Grichik to the Angels over the weekend, so offensively their lineup looks even worse. They may end up trading one of their better relievers in Brent Suter here as well. He's an impending free agent. They already moved Pierce Johnson. We could see Charlie Blackman or Jerickson Profar go as part of a smaller deal, something like that. But a big favorite role here for the Padres. And the Padres, you know, they just swept the Rangers over the weekend. So looks like maybe they won't sell. Maybe they won't move Blake Snell and Josh Hader over the next, what do we got here, 30 hours or so until the trade deadline. Maybe they're not going to be a seller, and if they're not, we'll see what happens because they're 0-9 in extra inning games, 6-17 and in one-run games. They are eight games worse than they should be, according to Pythagorean win-loss, with all of their struggles in those close games. So we'll see what they do here today, and we'll see if they wind up with a close game in this one. Lugo's been pretty good, six starts since spending over a month on the injured list, 312 ERA, 355 FIP. Uh, 15 strikeouts in his last 13 innings pitched, four runs on nine hits. So he's been throwing the ball quite well for the Padres here. As far as Gomber goes, he's actually been pretty good of late. Three ERA, 347 FIP in his last six starts, but he's not really missing a lot of bats. He's just seeing positive regression in terms of BABIP and left on base percentage. So that's really it for him. We'll see what he does in this start here at home against the Padres, but I'm not really a believer long-term in Gomber. I think it's just you know some positive regression in two key areas of BABIP and left on base percentage. Maybe the stuff is better, uh, but we're not really seeing it from a strikeout standpoint, so I'm pretty skeptical of him as we go forward. Diamondbacks and the Giants. No pitcher named yet for the Giants. I would presume they roll with an opener, and then Jake Junis, kind of the bulk guy for them. We'll see if that's what they go with. We know that the Diamondbacks are going with Ryan Nelson in this one. For Arizona, 4-11 in the second half. Got shut out by the Mariners yesterday. Negative run differential now for the season. They are two back of the Giants in both the wild card and the NL West races. Nelson, 497 ERA, 504 expected ERA, 496 FIP. 
I guess I should take a break here for a second and mention expected ERA because I probably have some new listeners to the show that are wondering what the hell that is. So expected ERA is a run estimator based on contact quality against, so hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, those two metrics. Also very much looks at strikeout and walk percentages. A high walk percentage will drive up an XERA. A high strikeout percentage will drive down an XERA. So it's basically just taking kind of all the results and sort of putting an expectation on how a pitcher should be doing, especially focusing on those contact management numbers and also strikeout and walk percentage. So for Nelson, a guy who doesn't strike out a lot of people, 15.4% strikeout percentage, even though he hasn't allowed a ton of hard hit contact, he doesn't have the strikeouts. So expected ERA, not really a big fan of his profile. Just gave up five runs on eight hits to the Cardinals. He's given up eight homers in his last five starts. Very, very bad at ball dependent. So Nelson, not really a guy that I'm too enamored with. Junis hasn't pitched since Wednesday. He threw 25 pitches on Wednesday. So this should kind of be a Johnny Holstaff day for the Giants. Tristan Beck probably would have been the bulk guy today, but they had to use him in extra innings yesterday. Ross Stripling also pitched in a bulk capacity yesterday. So we'll see what the Giants ultimately end up doing. But, you know, the books don't seem to mind. They're lined as a pretty big favorite in that minus 140 range. Anyway, we'll take a look at the American League one interleague game and some notable changes that you should know about coming up after the break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. All right, back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this show. Got a play on the Rays and the Yankees, so we'll skip over that and circle back to it here at the tail end of the show. And we move to Baltimore and Toronto. Kyle Gibson, Chris Bassett, Bassett and the Jays, $1.30 favorite, total of nine in this one here. And 
again, one of the things that you always want to take a look at, the situation for the Baltimore bullpen, and frankly, the situation for both of these bullpens here. The Orioles, I was a little bit surprised. They used Yenier Cano to close out yesterday's game with the big lead, but they've had three guys with 38 or more pitches in an appearance here over the last two days. Shintaro Fujinami, Cole Irvin, and Brian Baker. Felix Bautista's only pitched once in a week, so he's in good shape here. The Blue Jays putting Jordan Romano on the I.L., they probably will have to wait a couple of days to get Jordan Hicks in the fold with work visas and everything else that comes into the equation with being traded to Toronto. So their bullpen may be a little bit shorthanded uh, again here in tonight's game. But Kyle Gibson, 468 ERA, 459 expected, 385 FIP, 127 innings pitched. Since the break, a couple of decent outings here of late. Five runs allowed over 12 innings. Good effort against the Phillies last time out. But Gibson is just a guy that's very tough to back because he just allows a lot of balls in play, and you're kind of subject to the batted ball variance. Low strikeout rate, pretty average walk rate. Well, he's given up a lot of hard contact in the you know second part of the first half of this season. So that kind of did a number on his stats a little bit. Kind of been a little bit better with that here after the break, but still not a guy that I'm super excited to back. Bassett, 391 ERA, 444 expected, 460 FIP. But over his last six starts, 273 ERA, 331 FIP, he's pitched quite well. Uh, Also a a little quick stint on the paternity list in that span as well. Bassett, higher ceiling than Gibson, but I think the Orioles are the better team. So with Toronto, a $1.30 favorite, easy for me to pass on this one. We move to the Guardians and the Astros here. Astros, $1.75 favorite, total of nine in this one with Noah Syndergaard and J.P. France. So Syndergaard, his first start for Cleveland, first start in a little over a month at the MLB level, missed some time with a blister, 716 ERA, 567 expected, 554 FIP in 55 and a third for the Dodgers. Syndergaard's hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, both pretty much in line with league average, but just... Uh, it can't get out of his own head, it feels like. He saw a hypnotherapist this season. Uh, the Dodgers have tried to overhaul his mechanics. It seems like Cleveland, based on some of the initial interviews with Syndergaard in the mix, are just going to kind of let him be him and see if he can figure it out. We'll see what kind of strategy that is because they're just looking for somebody to eat innings here. In his two rehab starts at AAA, six runs allowed on 10 hits, eight strikeouts, no walks, but he hasn't pitched in 10 days. So he got traded. He's thrown some bullpens, some side sessions, stuff like that. But his last rehab game was 10 days ago. So not really expecting a whole lot out of Syndergaard here in this one. As far as Houston, J.P. France gets the call for them. 287 ERA, 434 expected ERA, 433 FIP, 84 and two-thirds. 81.1% left on base percentage. So there are a lot of negative regression signs in the profile for France. 16.7% strikeout percentage does not generally support a left on base percentage over 81%. I don't know that Cleveland will be the team to deliver that negative regression. Also, one thing for France here, and that one of the reasons why he's had so much success, lefties only have a 277 Woba. So some reverse platoon splits for him. He has faced more righties than lefties, but a lot of teams just go with their platoon situations and Cleveland will have a lot of lefties in the lineup against France tonight. So we'll see if those regression signs come to fruition, but I wasn't confident enough in that to play the over, even though I wouldn't be shocked 
if Syndergaard struggles in his first start here with Cleveland. Boston and Seattle, Nick Pavetta making his return to the starting rotation for the Red Sox, taking on George Kirby and the Mariners. Mariners, about a $1.30 favorite out there, total of 7.5 in this one. Pavetta's been outstanding as a reliever this season. In 41 innings as a reliever, he's got a 198 ERA with a 257 FIP. 58 strikeouts in those 41 innings. Really cut down nicely on his hard hit percentage and his barrel rate. Those were two glaring issues for him as a starter, not just this season, but frankly, throughout his career. In 40 innings as a starter, though, 630 ERA, 377 Woba against. So we'll see if being in the bullpen helped him. It's helped Steven Matz this year. It saved Carlos Carrasco's career a few years ago when Cleveland put him in the bullpen. It has been a thing that has helped guys out. They're able to refine their stuff a little bit more. They're able to do more work in between appearances, uh, you know, work with the bullpen coaches, you know, all these different kinds of things, add a little bit of velocity as well. So we'll see what it looks like for Pavetta moving back into a starting role. And this may just be temporary. The Red Sox just needing a starter for today. So we'll see if they do that the rest of the way. But Pavetta has definitely figured some things out working out of the bullpen. As far as Kirby goes, 349 ERA, 389 expected, 330 FIP. Great walk rate, good strikeout rate, a little bit better than league average. However, for Kirby here of late, 427 ERA over the last couple of months, 385 FIP. He's given up 11 homers in that span. His hard hit percentage in his last 11 starts, 47.9% with a 12% barrel rate. Now, he has been better at T-Mobile Park, as is often the case in a good pitcher's park. 277 Woba against 61 and a third innings at home. Also, his strikeout percentage is about 8% higher than what it is on the road. So, couldn't go against Kirby. However, in doing a bit of a deep dive on his numbers here, I will look to go against him in some of his upcoming road starts where he's got some pretty big home road splits, and he's also allowing a lot more balls in play in his road efforts. One interleague game on the board. This is the Angels and the Braves. As I mentioned, the Angels, big buyers here at the trade deadline. They get Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. They add CJ Crone and Randall Grichik now as well. They'll send Griffin Canning to the mound here today against Charlie Morton. The Braves, pretty big favorite, anywhere from minus 200 to minus 230 out there in the marketplace, depending on where you look, with a total in this game of 10, a little bit of under juice on that one. Morton's numbers are kind of going in the wrong direction a little bit here. Uh, his walk rate is up to 10.3%. He's walked eight guys in his last nine and a third innings pitched. Eight runs on 12 hits in those two starts against the Diamondbacks and the Red Sox. Single-digit swinging strike percentage in four of his last five starts. So the stuff just doesn't look as explosive in terms of the stat lines for Morton. Now, I didn't see anything from a velocity or a spin rate standpoint. His vertical release point is dancing around quite a bit. It'll go way down and then come back up, go way down, come back up. I'm going to watch that today because usually the vertical release point is a good indicator of either injury or fatigue. And for a guy like Morton, it's hot as hell every time he pitches. He's approaching 40. There's a lot of mileage on that arm. So we could be running into a spot where maybe he's just getting a little bit tired here. So keep an eye on that and see how he performs today against the Angels. As far as Canning goes, 
446 ERA, 405 expected, 461 FIP. In two starts since the break, four runs allowed on 13 hits. He struck out 20 in 10 and two-thirds. Velocity's ticked up a little bit. Swing strike percentage of at least 15% in five of his last six starts. But Canning's allowed a high hard hit percentage, 43%, 16 homers on the year as well. Plus, not surprisingly, where you got the Marine Air in Anaheim, he's been worse on the road than he's been at home. He's allowed 11 of his 16 homers on the road. Slugging percentage is 130 points higher. You don't love seeing things like that going into a start against the Braves. So no play for me in that one, but watching both Canning and Morton very, very closely. All right, so let's get to the two plays I do have for today. We start in the National League Central. It's the Reds and the Cubs. Andrew Abbott, Marcus Stroman in this one. Cubs, a small home favorite across the board. Total of eight for this game. Abbott, 190 ERA, 336 expected, 375 FIP, 61 and two-thirds. We're 10 starts in now, and while the left on base percentage will go down, it won't stay 96.2%. The stuff's been good. He hasn't allowed a run in his last 16 innings. He's getting strikeouts. He's you know continuing to carry a low BABIP for one reason or another. Hard hit percentage is 42.1%. So there are some negative regression signs in the profile for Abbott, but he's getting lots of swings and misses. And he's been pretty efficient with his pitches as well. He's done very well in terms of his walk rate. He's just performing at a high level. And while there are those regression signs, Marcus Stroman's not pitching well here of late. 351 ERA, 397 expected, 359 FIP for the season in 22 starts, but an 8 ERA with a 446 FIP in his last six starts. Does have 26 strikeouts in 27 innings, but 14 walks, 375 BABIP, 49.1% left on base percentage, just allowed seven runs on nine hits to a really bad White Sox lineup. Didn't even make it through four innings against the Cardinals in the start prior to that. Only 21 outs in his last two starts with 22 base runners via hit or walk. So not impressed with Stroman. The Reds winning in lopsided fashion on Sunday gave their bullpen a day off. Chicago just had the eight-game winning streak snapped. I'll take the Reds today at a short dog price. Even money over there at DraftKings, you can find a little bit better at some places out in the market, but the Reds, Short dog roll here at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. This is what I wanted to talk about here on today's show. As we take a look at the Rays and the Yankees, and I do have a play in this game, but first, there's something I need to bring your attention to. So, as you know, DraftKings owns VEASAN, and as you know, I use DraftKings numbers on the show and in the in the article, and I've done that all season long, and I'm going to stay consistent with that. However, in looking at DraftKings pricing on Major League Baseball here for today, there is a change. So I've talked in the past about how they do the 20-cent lines anyway. And by 20-cent lines, I mean, like that Reds and Cubs game, the Reds are plus 100, even money, and the Cardinal or the Cubs are minus 120. So when you look at their games, they have 20-cent splits. In the Orioles and Blue Jays game, the Blue Jays are minus 130, the Orioles are plus 110. That is a 20-cent line. There's a 20-cent gap between how the two teams are priced. Well, today, in writing the article, I noticed that any line minus 140 or higher was at least a 22-cent line. And they also went with their 30-cent lines, which is, I believe, what they start at minus 170. They start 30-cent lines. 
those are now 34 cent lines. And they're 35 cent lines, which they started, I believe, at minus 205, minus 200 or minus 205, maybe even minus 190. I'm not sure. Those are up to 38 cent lines now. Why does this matter? Well, this is important stuff. And this is something that, you know, I don't think a whole lot of people talk about. And look, when when there's a two cent change in a line from minus 140 to minus 142, most people don't notice that. Most people don't really care. You know, they're, they're not bothered by that. They're not bothered by, you know, paying minus 142 instead of minus 140. However, this is something that I need to talk about on today's show. So at minus 140, your implied break-even rate is 58.33%. So if you bet every game at minus 140, you would have to hit 58.33% of those games to break even. If we add two cents to the VIG and make it minus 142, the break-even rate, 58.68%. So that two-cent difference at minus 142 is a 0.35% increase in how many more bets you need to get right to break even over a large sample size at minus 142. And this is why price sensitivity and why shopping around matters. So for example, WinBet, when I posted the article, had the raise at minus 135. Your break-even percent at that point, 57.45%. So at minus 142, it's 58.68%. At minus 135, 57.45%. So a difference of seven cents in VIG is an extra bet you have to get right out of 100 to break even if we assume minus 135 and minus 142. Now, does that seem like a lot? No, it doesn't. But over a large sample size of your betting career, 100 bets, 1,000 bets, 2,000 bets, 10,000 bets, however many you make, the price matters. These things add up. And for the sports books, with states increasing their tax rates and you know, with the other things that kind of go on in the business, it's not a surprise to see the books making these subtle little changes of increasing the VIG two cents here, four cents here, eight cents here, things like that. Ultimately, it's my belief that we wind up with minus 115 on on NFL and college football sides and totals just because of the direction in which the industry is going, the direction in which casino gaming is going in general. It's very hard to find a three to two table in Vegas for a decent table minimum. Most of them are six to five. People bet them anyway. It doesn't matter. So if you're looking at this from above, you're going to say, you know what? People are going to bet and it doesn't matter. So what difference does it make if we move things two cents, four cents, five cents, eight cents, whatever the case may be? For you, though, as a better, the choice is yours. You are able to shop around, have multiple outs, have multiple sports books at your disposal to be able to get the best price that you can. And that is something that everybody should try to do because it makes a difference over the long term. Does it make a huge difference? Maybe not. But if you go into a store and you're buying a pair of Levi's and they're $39.99 at one place and $44.99 at another, where are you going to buy them? 
Now, some people may say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm not making a separate trip. It's about convenience. I'm just going to pay the higher price. And that's fine. And that's what the sports books are kind of hoping you will do. So just wanted to mention that here today because it's an important topic to me. It's an important bankroll management exercise to be able to shop around for the best price. Now, is this as big of a difference as, you know, taking set minus seven instead of minus seven and a half on a spread? No, it's not. But it is something that you should be aware of and something that I did notice here today and noticed with this Rays game. All of that being said, I think the Rays are worthy of a play here today. I think Tyler Glass now has a much higher ceiling than Domingo Herman. Glass now 336 ERA, 408 expected, 313 FIP on the season. Basically a 35% strikeout rate. Has allowed a lot of hard contact, but he's been you know better here, I think, since the All-Star break. Strikeout rate a little bit higher. Been a little bit better in terms of his hard hit percentage, in terms of his barrel rate especially. Also 58% ground ball percentage in his last six starts. Only given up three homers. 38.2% strikeout rate in that span. So Glassnow has been throwing the ball well. The Yankees have a bad offense. Even with Aaron Judge back, that that doesn't really change all that much. He's great, but everybody else still kind of lacking. And for Herman, 477 ERA, 420 expected, 476 FIP, 103 and two-thirds. He's allowed 11 runs on 11 hits in 12 innings since the All-Star break, so he's had some issues here recently. Give, give up three homers to the Mets in his last start. Herman's probably going to allow more fly balls and line drives. Glassnow is going to keep it on the ground. I just think the Rays are a good bet here today, laying $1.40 or so over the Yankees. So the Rays as a favorite, minus 140-ish, and then the Reds as a short dog in that even money range. The two plays for today on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I will remind you, again, no article in its usual format tomorrow, no podcast in its usual format tomorrow but I will be keeping you abreast of everything happening with the MLB trade deadline in the live trade deadline blog over at vcin.com and also on the recap show here. So thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you again tomorrow on vcin Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports. Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel, now through June 9th.